Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy. I'm a sales and mindfulness coach who works with managers, C-level executives, and business owners who want to become more mindful and self-aware of how they operate, whether that be through selling, managing, or running their own business. I believe for us to truly connect with those around us, whether they be our customers, colleagues, even friends or family, we need to truly understand ourselves first of all, understand what makes us tick, what makes us feel fulfilled in our life, and what do we really want. And this is one of the reasons why I started Not Another Sales Podcast, because too much is placed on the practicality and skill of doing something. Whilst that's important, I believe we should start with our mindset and behaviours. Start at the root, understand that, and grow it from there. This episode of Not Another Sales Podcast is brought to you by Mindful Talent, a global coaching organisation that trains aspiring coaches and innovative leaders. Their programs, The Trusted Coach and The Trusted Leader, are founded on the principles of mindfulness and developed in alignment with contemporary neuroscience, offering a globally recognised coaching qualification that is accredited by the Association for Coaching. Their online blended learning program has qualified hundreds of participants around the world, helping them to gain an edge in life and in business by increasing their emotional and social intelligence and their ability to connect with others. If you're interested in training with this incredible organization, which I would highly recommend, then you can visit their website and use my personalized URL code to gain 10% off any of their programs. www.mindfultalent.coach That's www.mindfultalent.coach and reference my code, not another sales. And now on with the episode. In today's episode, I'm joined by business mentor, sales coach, and speaker, Richard Moore. And Richard and I are going to be talking all about creating content that sells. Richard's going to start by talking about things to consider when creating content, the traps he sees people commonly fall into, insights from experience on content that resonates well and has the desired outcome, and lessons he's learned along the way. Throughout the podcast is going to be filled with tips on creating meaningful content, whatever your purpose is, whoever your audience is. So sit back, grab a pen and pad and enjoy. Richard, welcome. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks, Chris. So good uh, to be on here. Thanks very much for having me. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining me for an episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Excited for this one. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, uh, the topic I love talking about pretty much the most in business. Great. And first of all, Richard, for people tuning in who aren't too familiar with you or your voice, which might be very few people, to be honest, um, it would be great for you to give them a bit of context, a bit of a story to start off with of who you are. Sure. Um, so uh, in a nutshell, I did about 10 years um, in the city in London. Um, I was started like my first job in 2002 was selling online marketing. Uh, I was then a sales manager, then a sales director, a uh, number of roles and companies. Uh, then I pivoted out uh, about eight years ago and um, run my own consultancy where I coach and build um, leadership um, and uh, sales and marketing um, strategy, but also kind of what their learning, learning and development will look like in companies. But I also run the Entrepreneur Business Live uh, events as well. So that's all over the world. We have events for entrepreneurs, uh, listen to speakers, good networking, money to charity as well. So that's me in a nutshell. Uh, and uh, my spare time spent doing podcasts like these. Great, great. And I think, you know, one of the things that I wanted to get your insights on today, Richard, really the, 
the topic around this was the reason when I first came across you was seeing some content of yours on LinkedIn, the videos, yeah. which I really enjoyed because what I think you're able to do is articulate sometimes some complicated things, but just put them really simplistically for, for anyone to understand. And that's what I think people really resonate with. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think, I think that um, in 2019, we've all been gamed a fair bit, right? So yeah. um, uh, content marketing needs to look different. And people talk about being, um, uh, you know, being authentic and things like that. And sure, uh, that's a bit cute in and of itself. So it makes mm. sense to give some proper value and, Rather than mucking around and getting misty-eyed about my story on videos, I tend to just give practical advice and tips because, of course, I'm speaking to people who would ultimately buy my stuff. Yeah, and on that point, you mentioned there, Rich, and, and the topic we're, we're going to talk around today was creating content that sells. And you know, it's great now that we have social media in this world where it's a great platform for anyone to be able to have a voice. And like anything, there's an art to it. And of course, as you mentioned, People say you've got to be authentic, but there is a, a lot more to that. And I wanted mm. to get your insight, first of all, on what are some of the things people need to consider when they're creating content? Yeah, I think I think it's all about outcomes. It's about rather than making content for the sake of it, because it's very tempting just to immerse yourself in the artistry of putting something together. You need to look at what the end point is. So if mm. your um, outcome in mind is to have warm qualified leads so people who dig your stuff who uh, are into your kind of thing who keep showing up that potentially you might pivot into a conversion of some kind so maybe in my case buying a course or hiring me or something like that we need to do is think like well how am i going to speak to them and really what i always try and do with every piece of content is ask myself is this going to start a conversation and what I'm looking for is not necessarily trying to be divisive for the sake of it, but try and be stimulating because the last thing I want is a bunch of likes and nothing else, or even comments that are simply nice post mate. I want meaningful paragraphs. And look, the thing is you earn that, right? We both know that that comes through building a lot of time in the community uh, with the people who are ultimately going to be your audience, but really if you give people something juicy, they're going to want to comment. They'll think, do you know what? I have something to say here. And, you know, I, I had one of these, um, uh, the, I think it was day before last, there was a post and it, is, it was something like in the morning, like 70 comments I, I worked my way through. Uh, but all of them are like, here's this thing I want to say. And, you know, it's, it's wonderful when you've got all that moving. And what I love is when you've got other people chiming in on other like sub threads in it. And it just means you're becoming that community hub. And, it's, it sounds really bad to say then you then that's where you pick people off. But, but you know, if you're looking at it from a commercial perspective or to sell to people, that's one hell of a set of warm people. And so it's very straightforward to then pivot into a, a, um, a direct message and at least start the process of warming people up. You don't, you don't necessarily close them all, but it's a good place to begin. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one thing that really resonates with me there as well, and you've mentioned about starting the conversation is that, it has to be giving some value to them and yeah. we'll go into it a bit and I'd love your opinion on this on the traps. But I think one of the biggest things is that people create content where it's just making themselves look good, but it's about okay, what value you're actually giving to people watching it and how are you making them feel or think from watching your content? Yeah, you're right. You need to think about um, the emotion or the comedy or the value add that you're giving people. And it is literally, you know, the brag 
has to be done very carefully. And if you're going to brag, then it needs to be done in a meaningful way that, that helps others. So uh, arguably one way of looking at uh, one example of this is, is yesterday's um, uh, post for me. I, I, I was very kindly selected to um, represent um, a fund that helps female entrepreneurs um, out of the state. And um, rather than bang on about how great I am, and that's why I deserve it, it was far better to turn to say thank you and, of course, turn the attention on the founders and mm. spread the word and put a URL in. And, you know, by proxy, I'm getting the benefit of it, but, but really it's about doing it in the right way and, and doing something meaningful for other people. And so, you know, that's why you can do there's good tagging there for instance you could do to, to bring people in and um you know if you're the um if you're the the reason why people have conversations you soon do quite well out of it you don't have to you know scream and shout about how great you are because you again by proxy are are, are going to win yeah definitely definitely and i think there's a you know three questions and these are the things that i always ask myself i spoke to a guy called bobby umar who's done about yeah. five tedx talks yeah sharing content or putting something together he's asked these three questions of why am i why am i sharing this who am i sharing it for and what am i sharing and if you can you know clearly articulate in yourself why what you're doing with those three questions then you're more than likely going to be able to create content that's clearly defined with a clear intention behind it make sure you're thinking about why you're creating the content and one of the things that really made a difference was when i back in march last year started adding content onto LinkedIn as well as Facebook and, and Instagram where I've predominantly been posting. The reason why it really made a difference was because I knew that all of my existing customers, my work colleagues from the past and all the clients that I'm you know, uh, coaching are going to be watching it. They're on there, right? And so what's interesting about it is that you end up thinking to yourself, well, well am I doing something that's going to not just attract new customers, but also really nail the point that I'm really good at what I do and and it's interesting because every time I go to um an office to to uh meet with people they're like oh yeah I've seen your videos it's like good that's that's important to me um and I'm also into not just from a marketing perspective but also it's like you know that's me reinforcing on the offline world that I'm that I'm good as well and, and kind of keeping me front of mind do you know what I mean it's like it's it's almost like an an um uh customer service thing like like they're already yeah. a client but I still get extra and they get me proving I'm good at my stuff because no one can argue with you know here's how to coach strategy or sales and that if you're sitting there going so look at the results you know and I think mm. you've got I, I one thing really winds me up is is gurus and experts who haven't got an ounce of evidence that they're any good and um whilst I'm not you know necessarily ruling the world at any stage yet but at the same time, I, I'm I'm proving that there's results in, in what I'm preaching, so um uh, that matters. It, so it's that play of thinking like, am I speaking to potential new customers, but also how are the people who paid for me already going to take this? And and that's an important consideration too. Yeah, absolutely. It's like what you're saying online is it reflected offline? Yeah. And one of the points you've mentioned there as well is it's not just thinking about how do I build more engagement for people who aren't in my network yet is taking care of the people that are and the audience yeah. that you currently have rather than yeah. the ones that you want. You've got to reinforce your points. You know, you yeah. can't just get the gig. Um, you need to be, a, a, as I say, it's like pure signal being sent mm. to them all the time that you are good at what you do. And um, I, there was one lunchtime at a company I was at once. And I remember, because they all knew of me 
and there are three separate desks all playing videos of mine. I'm like, yes, we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, that's, that's important because it means that I'm, I've got some clout here uh, or at least there's something either that or they like they think I'm an idiot and can't help themselves. Either way, I'm winning because I'm getting views. Right. But at the same time, it's just it's really it's really important to make sure that you're speaking to those that are that are already feeding you as well as those that might. Yeah, exactly. And if you're going into whilst the content you're creating might not be getting you direct business to those people, it mm-hmm. might be creating champions or people who evangelize the content so that. When you go into an office, like you say, for a meeting, they might mention you to their boss or they might have already watched it and be like, oh, what have you watched or something that they walk past their computer? So it's creating that community as well of of indirect champions. Yeah, you got it. And there's so much referral work now. And and so many people are like, oh, yeah, I've seen your staff. I'm like, good. So, you know, it means that you have a flavor of me. That means that compared with the next guy who's going to go speak to this company, I'm the one that's familiar. And I'm the one, therefore, that probably has that edge of uh, trust because they have. I'm a sense of a known quantity. You know what I mean? And this mm. is a lot less. Um, not that it would ever be awkward, but this is a lot less kind of uh, um, an unknown quantity because I saw you on the tube two days ago uh, in London. Yeah. So you know what I mean? When there's that familiarity, it kind of it helps. And again, this is the point. This is the play. Is very very long term. Some people are never going to buy anything, but quite right. There's a lot of champions out there, and people will love and share your stuff whether you do anything good or not um and that's always always helpful so um it's, it's important to kind of stay consistent uh, with producing content for them as well yeah absolutely and and one of the points here and people might be listening to this and i talk about this a few times around limiting beliefs on mm. creating content and what stops people from from putting themselves out there is yeah are there a couple that you can think of and how would you suggest people overcoming those story uh, of myself uh i i was doing it in rush hour uh on london bridge there are throngs of people walking past me it's kind of like bloody hell if i can do this at least this is this is like the test but do you know what it was i just had a word with myself and i said what you're deciding to do is put how you feel your comfort zone because that's typically what it is um in front of the um you know the success of your business and that's not necessarily unethical, but your business serves a bunch of people. Your business serves people on its payroll. Your business serves your, you know, to give money to your family as well. But you're deciding you're not going to give it everything you could because you're a bit nervous about it. And I just gave that massive perspective shift. Um, and I was like, well, ha- how dare I decide that actually, you know, I'm not going to step out that much. I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to not bother with video, uh, for instance. Yeah, I think with those those points there to echo what you've said around making that shift in your mind is is telling yourself the impact you can have because essentially the reason why you're in any business or have started a business is to solve a problem. And yes. when you're sharing content, that's exactly what you're looking to do is, is solve someone's problem, is to benefit someone and to almost think because of how you're feeling stopping you from doing that, you're doing people a disservice by not sharing it. So it's kind yeah. of like looking that way to feel like actually do you know what i'm not benefiting people and i'm feeling bad about that so therefore i want to help people overcoming that kind of selfish feeling we sometimes have for more of a self yeah. And look, I get it. Some people are extremely shy or introverted. And, and so what they've got to do is they've got to kind of look at what their objectives really are. And, and their outcomes to start with won't be try and map that from great content that gets conversions. It will be something like start, which might 
simply look like commenting on other people's posts because some people literally do nothing in terms of engagement go and put, comment on other people's posts and get warmed up get used to people engaging with you um and then if your first point part of piece of content other is perhaps just text or something like that you know it could be very very safe and you can build up to it video is hard because you are saying this is like you are completely um exposed i think the hardest form of video is is live um insofar as you know you you you, you have to deal with your greatest fears because you're doing things in the moment um the reality is when you get used to it you realize that actually no one cares if you say um and are or or the camera falls over at one point because they're there for things that are more important than that. Um, but I think starting with with lower level objectives is the way to build up. Yeah, definitely. You make a great point there is that we've talked a lot around video this evening. And when we talk about content, it isn't just video. It is, as you say, it could be text. And your point yeah. as well around engaging with other content is sometimes thinking you don't need to reinvent the wheel, even if it's sharing someone else's article or someone else's video that you've seen and actually then sharing your own opinion on that. It can be just as powerful. 100%. And look, I, I, I'm a big, as you as you know, I'm a big pusher of, of community being the, the lubricant for all of this. And without question, um, you can really make a name for yourself beyond content or even before content and focus on things like um, sharing meaningful advice in the comments. Um, there was someone recently on Facebook who had asked in a for uh, kind of a group forum thing, um, you, you know, he was posting something like, I'm, I'm trying to get myself into LinkedIn. I think I should, um, you know, is there anyone who can give any advice? And I'm like, cue me, let's go. And so, you know, that's an example of me not necessarily posting content, but being valuable still. It's just the medium is, uh, uh, you know, comments as opposed to me posting something. Yeah. Definitely. I had a uh, quite early on in my podcast series, a guy called Evan Carmichael on. And oh, yeah. he, he said something that really resonated with me. He's saying, you know, sometimes it's just about being a DJ. It's yeah. about bringing the content together and it's not necessarily creating it, but it's putting mm. something, your own style on it. And that's what people will still appreciate. Some people are. But what I will say is if you are a DJ of other people's music, um, unless you are like so well known as that DJ, people are listening to other people's music. It's one thing I remember is I don't I, I very rarely share other people's stuff. But if I do, I will always write a meaningful comment because the reality is if you're going to build or form any kind of audience. You've got to remember that they're showing up for you and mm -hmm. therefore, by extension, they're showing up for your opinion on stuff. So if I was going to post a video that is going to do really well because it's kind of made for virality, that's nice. But I should still write something as well because people want to know why Richard Moore decided it was worth posting. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. too many people that share will share the meme, but they won't explain why they feel that way. And that's, uh, that's personally, I think it's a bit lazy. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And then likewise, when you talked about their engaging, it's not just about going, you, you talked about at the start, not just going great video or yeah, completely yeah. agree or putting some emoticon. It's actually sharing your opinion because the value you can have from there, if, for example, it's um, someone who has got quite a large community or following is that obviously you can, you can get a good level of engagement. Other people can like and comment you on your post and, Therefore, you've kind of used and piggybacked someone else's yeah. audience to, to build your own credibility. And look, it's just hilarious because everyone wants, I get it, everyone wants the kind of uh, the instant gratification. Everyone wants to um, an audience to run at them and give them loads of attention and engagement. But you have to do to them what you want them to do to you. So you have to be the one who puts out with meaningful comments first. If you want them to show up again and again and again, we'll give them a good reason for it, which means a meaningful comment, not thanks. I saw someone earlier who 
posted, I'm not going to say what it was, but posted something on LinkedIn and she got loads of comments and every single response uh, she gave, she, she replied to every single one of them, but she just wrote, thank you. I was like, well, that's great. Now, they're not going to feel necessarily that validated in posting a, a comment again. So if you give them something meaningful, then what you see over time is people move away from the, the short quips to paragraphs. And that's mm-hmm. really great. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you think are some of the things, some of your experiences and lessons you've learned from creating content over the years? Um, I think that uh, I, I kind of knew it from the start because I'm, I'm a very much a shoot from the hip, do it all in one take kind of person. All of my courses I shot in one take, for example, uh, the courses that I actually have sold. Um, so it's the same with content. Very much um, it, it's um, over the time I've been producing content, it's been kind of confirmed to me that no one really cares about tiny little details here and there on your production unless they, you give them reason to be petty about something wrong with that because they're usually showing up for the thing that matters which is your personality and the value you give yeah. the other thing I, I, I've learned big time this is probably a massive piece of advice is if you want to really level up you collaborate with people and you look to those that are above you uh, my events are the same. I could go and do a, a tour and be, oh, look at me, I'm a speaker because that's fashionable at the moment. And I can just do events where it's just me. But it's far more effective to have top people speak at, at your events with you because that helps lift you up. And it's, you know, that's how I've been hacking away at LinkedIn is collaborating with top people, um, uh, you know, in videos together because you know, then I'm leveraging their network and it's validating that I'm on their level and, and they open up opportunities to me elsewhere. And, you know, that that's really important. So that, that are two things that really made the difference. Yeah, absolutely. And, and overall, that same sort of question for yourself, what have you learned most about yourself throughout your career personally? Uh, it sounds really arrogant, but you've got to understand that I, I've learned that I'm great at what I do. And the reason why I feel that way is it's not just a flippant remark. It's that I've um, really heard myself. It's, it was sound, it's sounding really cheesy, but let, hear me out. If you talk about your thing enough, then you really do hone your philosophy. So, for instance, my live Q&A that I do every single week, um, I've done it so much now that when I get a question on a certain thing, then I've, I've, I've answered it 16 times before. So I've got a, a, like a decent answer on it. and. It's like hearing your own voice over and over again is a good way of kind of like confirming that you're good at what you do. And of course, the the thing that validates that is that then you get a lot of people going, oh, wow, that's a great way of putting it, Richard. Or, oh, thanks so much. That really helps and things like that. So I think that um, the, that's the thing I've learned is that I, I am really good at it, but I'm really good at it because I stick with my niche. And I've created a, a kind of designed uh, a world where um, it's not just delivery of service. I'm also always being a practitioner and I'm also um, always focusing on learning as well. So there's always time set aside each day for, to make sure I'm consuming the right kind of knowledge to keep myself uh, uh, on, on top of uh, the things I talk about. So um, it can only help make me better. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you mentioned there around niche and that is, again, an important point when creating content is uh, not necessarily at the start, but at least trying to work out over time when you're creating content, whatever medium that is, where your niche lies. And it's, it's good to have, a, you know, taste a few flavors when you start. I think mm. if it's in video, what's your format? And it's good to get an idea from other people, but don't think yeah. it has to be like someone else. But eventually narrowing it down, as you say, over time when you're talking about it yeah. to 
okay, what is my difference? Like, how do I stand out? What is it? What is it about this content that makes it me? Yeah, that, that's actually such an enlightened way of looking at it. They are paralyzed because they're worrying about. And the reality is you don't know and you're mm. usually wrong at the start. And this is, again, back to the point I just made about honing your philosophy and hearing yourself. You, For instance, if you and I are three years old, a bit older, five years old, and we're joining our, our school football team for the first time, we don't know if we're going to be a great goalkeeper, winger, mm -hmm. defender, or striker, right? We'll want to be a striker because that's the glamour role, but we don't know until we've been on the pitch a bit. And I learned really quickly I was never going to be a goalkeeper. And I wasn't too good a striker, but I was a really good right winger because I learned that actually I'm left, I'm terrible on the left. I've got an awful left back and I'm really quick. So I'll be a winger. Do you see what I mean? You don't know till you know. So the best advice for people starting out is exactly that. So go try a few things. Try something that you think you're probably all right at. And the thing, to, thing is to get that monkey off your back, right? Just say to yourself, it's probably not going to be right because no one's that lucky that you just nail it first time. Look at Richard Branson. He's always pivoting, trying different things, plenty of failures along the way. What you do is you start with one. And when you start getting, ah, oh, do you know what? This is starting to work. Then you can go super niche, just like you said. It really makes a difference. But I think a lot of people don't, when they kind of know their thing, they mm -hmm. don't go niche enough. You know, and there's someone I know, for instance, who um, uh, is, is working as a personal trainer. And he's got it so right when he's, he's, he's pivoted it rather than being a personal trainer. He's now a personal trainer to entrepreneurs because he knows that entrepreneurs uh, have flexibility to train during the day, but they're also time poor. And so they can't go to the gym all the time. So um, he's very much focused on that kind of lifestyle uh, and that niche. Is, it, there's more than enough yeah, people to feed absolutely. him. Absolutely. Definitely. Great. Well, Richard, it's been a, a real pleasure today. Thank you so much for your, your insights and your stories. You know, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Love being on here. And uh, what a great podcast you've got. There should be more of them like this. Uh, thanks so much, mate. People who've um, just come across you, Richard, and <laughs> want to tune into your world and, and see what's going on and, and you know, fill themselves in with some of the videos and the content you talked about this evening, how can they find you? Yeah, good question. Thank you. Um, so I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn, as we've discussed. So uh, if you look for Richard James Moore, that's kind of the URL, if you like. Uh, but you can also find me on therichardmore.com, M-O-O-R-E. And in there, if you scroll down on the homepage, you can see links to all of my platforms. So um, uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and I, and I, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of work with Entrepreneur Business Live. So I'd love to see uh, some of your um, listeners at the event. Hey people, thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts, you can find me on Instagram, Not Another Sales Guy, underscore in each of those words. You can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing Not Another Sales Podcast. And also, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I go by the name of Chris Hatfield. So thanks again and stay tuned for another episode.